Alright, welcome back to Guys Nation Wrestling Podcast. That was The Miz, and he's awful. Awful. But we'll be talking about him matching up with Bray Wyatt. Uh, but first, just want to remind everyone, check us out on GN Wrestling on Twitter. Uh, if you want to email us, it's wrestling at guysnation.com. And, of course, Facebook, Guys Nation Wrestling. Give us some feedback, comments, questions... And the like. And by all means, share us on Reddit. Yeah. We're not sure. going to go to the extent to share ourselves. Or I'm not. Because Here and there. Lest I'm we be chastised for spamming. Yes. Yes, yes. So, as we mentioned before the break, uh, Orton was in the ring there with HBK, and out comes The Miz to challenge him in Orton's hometown in the way that. <clears throat> Orton beat the poo out of the Miz in his hometown. Uh, of course, it goes predictably south for the Miz. Right. Although he was interrupted, I suppose. I think the Whites came out during the match. So yeah. it looks like Bray Wyatt has a new target. In other words. Yep. And uh, you know, I, I would I'd probably find this angle a little more interesting if Bray Wyatt. You know, hadn't been injured um, at whatever house show where he stumbled and broke his pinky toe or dislocated a whatever. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, the first part where, where The Miz came out and was dealing with Randy Orton, I thought that was a little weird because, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm certainly not feeling The Miz is a credible threat in the main event scene. He was at one point, but uh, he certainly Those days not, are long gone. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought you'd agree. And uh, yep. Um, and then I like the fact that uh, the Wyatts, they had uh, almost like a distraction. They didn't. I don't know that they really interfered. Uh, they they certainly had a, you know, they certainly played into the outcome of the match. Um, but I liked I liked what they did. And then. Uh, yeah. Well, they had the lights go out, and then. You know, Warden takes advantage and nails RKO. Basically, right. that's how they did it. Yeah. Um, so, how do you uh, how do you like the idea of of the Miz and Bray Wyatt uh, feuding? I think it's perfect, to be honest. Uh, you know, the way he's railed against society, um, the Miz is the perfect target. You know, in fact, I'm almost surprised I didn't think of it before this. Uh, you know, our truth was one thing, but you know, the Miz, as Bray Wyatt said, uh, you know, he represents everything that's wrong with with society. I think he said something to that effect, and then I actually wrote down one of the lines I really liked. He said, uh, "How much is it going to take to satisfy this obsession you have with fame?" Right. Um, you know, which Great speaks line. to which speaks to kind of the internet culture of you know. Everybody wants to be famous. Everybody's on Twitter. Everybody's posting selfies, you know, making stupid YouTube videos. And and The Miz represents that generation in a sense. You know, he came from the real world. Uh, although, admittedly, he's been a hell of a lot more successful than I thought he would have been in wrestling. But still, you know, his 
his persona, his history is being a fame whore, essentially. Uh, so that's that's the perfect target for Bray Wyatt. Are, are you telling me that the guy who has Miz TV and who flipped the WWE uh, logo upside down while he was champion, yeah. are you telling me that that guy is an attention whore? <laughs> yeah, I know. You're just going to have to bear with me and, and take a leap of faith on that one, but that's that's pretty much what I'm saying. And, you know, the real world, that's basically just a social experiment, right? It's not like any of those people want to be famous. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh. Yeah, there's people would only apply to that, you know, if they wanted to help uh, sociologists learn a little more about how 20-somethings interact with each other on copious amounts of alcohol. I, I'm not even sure that the people on the real world road rules challenges, you know, all those uh, competition shows... I'm not even sure that they know that it's being taped. <laughs> I know, it seems so real, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the way I see it. I, I think it's a perfect target. I mean, do you are you following me on that? or? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I guess my only question is how long is it going to last? And uh, I guess where does Bray Wyatt go from there? Because I, I feel like the promos between them could be pretty good. Uh, so far, it's just been kind of the Miz doing his thing, and then the Wyatt's interrupting, and the Miz, you know, trying not to get too overtaken by it, right? I mean, he ran away the first week and uh, didn't get clobbered, and then this week, he, you know, he gets a talking to, and you know, after he uh, ends up losing his match, but they haven't really had any face-to-face. -face. Yeah, and I, I think you're right as far as. Um the promos that could go between them, because he's certainly the best. The Miz is the best on the mic of any opponent Bray Wyatt has had so far. Uh, so hopefully you can get some good stuff out of that. But, you know, I think it'll probably go a little longer than just one pay-per-view. I think they got to keep Wyatt busy. Because uh, I, I think they've got some plans for him. Uh, and I, I don't know that he can just keep jumping from from opponent to opponent right now. At some point, Kane has to come back, right? I mean, at some point, yeah, Kane that's exactly. Has to... I was, I was actually going to go there, because um, I mean, we're this is Hell in a Cell. I mean, right. this is where Kane debuted, right? Uh, I believe so. About sixteen years ago, he showed up in the title match. Was it? Uh, it sounds right. I can't, I can't remember exactly who was involved. Probably Mankind and Undertaker. It was Undertaker. Yeah, it was definitely Undertaker. It might have been Mankind. Uh, maybe Shawn Michaels. Because well, I think it was during it the time that HBK still had it. But anyway, so when you think about it, Kane's been gone for, what, two months since uh, SummerSlam? Yep. So that's a nice little sabbatical. Make a lot of sense for him to come back at Hell in a Cell, given his connection to it. Do you see any possibility, or has he just been has that been too far out of our mind for it to be a possibility of him reappearing at Hell in a Cell? I think at Hell in a Cell we're going to get uh, Bray Wyatt doing something, probably getting a victory of some sort, and then uh, as he is about to go back up the ramp. I think the ramp will explode in fire, and we won't get a Kane appearance, but it'll be, you know, kind of Kane's 
you know, reminding the Wyatt family that uh, he may be gone, but uh, that doesn't mean he's not coming back. So you think he's not involved with them? Oh, you're asking whether or not Kane is going to be a part of the Wyatt family. Well, I think that's, uh, you know, that's an angle people thought this might go, you know, with him trying to find more followers. Yeah, and, you know, back uh, back when Kane was involved, I thought there was certainly a uh, an opportunity that could happen. Yeah, I mean, but, he was trying to tempt Kane, you know. He kept talking to him and saying, you should come with me and all that, follow the buzzards. Yeah, so I'll, I'll say this. If that's the direction that they go, if that's, you know, the way they want things to play out, then they should have done things differently from the moment uh, Kane got carried back. You know, they shouldn't have left it alone for a couple of weeks. They should have uh, they should have had some creepy segments down on the farm. I really think that uh, when Kane returns, he's going to be the opposition to the Wyatt family. Yeah, and I think, and that's part of the way I pose the question, is that it, he's been so absent that it does seem like it would be a little strange to bring him back out of the blue. Um, so, because I, I did kind of expect it to go the way that you said, that there would be some segments at the farm or whatever. Um, so actually, it, for me, I'm thinking, you know, we have this match with the Miz. He probably doesn't show up. But eventually when he is going to come back, we will have some vignettes beforehand. That's just my guess on that. Okay. But I'd like to see him as a Wyatt follower. I think that would be cool. And I, I just found uh, the history on Kane. I'll just take a second here. Uh, he made his first appearance as Kane at Bad Blood, with two Ds in bad, uh, in your house, October 5th, 1997. Ooh, yeah. that's interesting. An October pay-per-view. That was the precursor to Hell in a Cell. That was the very first Hell in a Cell match, I believe, was when he showed up. Yep. Uh, they said... Uh, cost Undertaker the victory by using the Tombstone Piledriver on him in the first ever Hell in a Cell match with Shawn oh, Michaels. That's right, okay. What kind of history is that? So it's an October pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell, Shawn Michaels is there. No, October's his month, man. It's Halloween. Oh, that's creepy. No. Could be. It's got There's got to be something, right? He's got to show up. It's certainly it, that part of it sets up well. But like we said, without having any mention of him and very little immediately after the paper or after SummerSlam when he disappeared, it's I don't know. I guess yeah. I guess the the way if he were going to show up and be opposed to Bray Wyatt as you suggested, then that makes more sense than what I was thinking. I think if he was going to be with Bray Wyatt, they would have had to have talked about him a little more. I, I want to see him do something on the pay per view, and I want to see him try and creep out Bray Wyatt. Leading up to uh, Halloween. That could be cool. Yeah. Yeah. WWE has a history of not doing so so, so many cool things on Halloween. They definitely right. need to do more. All right. Well, we'll see where that goes. I believe that match is already set or is pretty close to being set. Um, but we had another one that was put in motion... On Raw, we had a couple beat-the-clock matches because Heyman wanted to uh, call the stipulation, and I guess they decided to do it this way. Whoever beat the clock between R-Truth and Ryback and then CM Punk and Axel 
Did, did uh, anybody else feel, anybody else feel like they were watching an episode of SmackDown with the beat the beat the clock matches? It was was that a SmackDown staple before? Oh my god, yeah. I mean, I had seen it prior, like a year ago. I don't know. Somebody had to beat the clock for some reason. Oh, like a few years ago, they were doing a thing where it was like they would pick the top four contenders, and uh, you know they wanted to see who would get the next title shot. And they would take each of the four contenders, and they would each have their own match against some random jobber, you know, at the right. bottom of the card. And they'd do a beat the clock match, and they would do it. They'd have one of those episodes of SmackDown probably three times a year. It was, it was crazy. <laughs> They're always very creative, weren't they? No. <laughs> so uh, predictably, I mean, at least to me, Punk ends up winning that. Oh sure. Um, I don't know about his choice of a stipulation, but, you know, he decides he wants to have a handicap and he wants it to be in the cell. So I guess we're going to have two cell matches, which we yeah, don't well, always have. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that there's going to be more than one. Um, TNA Wrestling, the uh, the company that uh, only one of our listeners probably probably listens to and that uh, or watches, and that uh, that listener is probably me when I listen to the uh, listen back to the podcast. Sure. But uh, TNA Wrestling usually does a pay per view every year called Lockdown, where they have uh, a huge steel cage and they use it for every match. Yeah. Every match in the card, and I think that might be a little much for uh, Hell in a Cell, but I like the idea that they they're going to have more than one. It does seem like if you're going to have the pay per view named after it, you might as well have at least two matches. You might as well. I mean. What's the harm? You, I mean, you already got that stupid-ass apparatus there. I mean, you put all that work into getting it there. Right. Yeah, so, um, you know, essentially we're seeing this this feud just continue to roll along. Um, where do you have it? What are you feeling about it right now? I mean, did that, did that whole situation on Raw kind of change any of your thoughts on it? Not really. Uh, as soon as... As soon as I heard uh, Paul Heyman saying that it should be a handicap match and he wanted it to be Curtis Axel and Ryback, I was like, oh, great. And then when CM Punk said it will be a handicap match, but it's going to be Ryback and Paul Heyman, I was like, oh, great. Didn't we just see that? Didn't they just have something like that where, um, you know, if, you know, that way CM Punk could get his hands on Paul Heyman, but I like the fact that it's it's just it's gonna feel totally different when it's in inside the hell in the cell. Yeah, I mean the one saving grace, I mean I for me this is this has gotten very stale. Um I mean obviously the the acting jobs between CM Punk and Paul Heyman are, are priceless. But it's just it's it's such a weird feud because you know, he's only fighting representatives of Paul Heyman most of the time. Right. But I do like that it's almost a callback to last year when Punk and uh, Ryback fought each other in the main event of Hell in a Cell. Right. Uh, you know, at that time, Ryback was more of a face, I believe. Yeah, and he was, you know, he got screwed by Brad Maddox, and we saw the pay-per-view close out with CM Punk escaping to the top of the cell. And then Ryback doing his, uh, whatever he calls it, the shell shock. 
Yeah. It was kind of a cool, cool little scene, and he was doing his "Feed Me More" chant from the top of the cell. Kind of an epic way to close the pay per view, I thought. Yeah. Uh, so to me, that's a nice little callback. I think it's 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 cool that they're having that match again because they really did a pretty good job, considering how green he was, you know. Right. So there's a good chance that they have a good match here, and obviously you're gonna have some sort of scene where Paul Heyman's trying to escape. Right. He'll be trying to climb up the side of the cell or something. Oh sure, he'll he'll try and hide out on the top of the cage the whole time. Yeah, if he can get up there, if you know, if I were him, I don't know that I would even try and go up there. What do you think the odds are? What do you think the odds are that they have like Kurt Saxel under the ring or something? Oh man, uh, I'll put it at like forty-five uh, percent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we should have like a a, a list of prop bets. Yeah. That we do for the pay-per-view instead of our usual just pick the matches. Yeah, we'll have, to, we'll have to do something like that. We'll have to try and get listener participation. Do you hear me, guys? Listener participation. Yes. GN Wrestling on Twitter. So, <laughs> do we see this feud continuing beyond this? Or is this, is this finally the way to wrap it up? Is it have the well, biggest punk or the biggest uh, client for Heyman in an effing cell. I mean, what what more can you do? I don't know. You know, I really want this to be over. I really, I really want uh, all the guys involved to be able to move on. Yeah. But in the same respect, I love Survivor Series. I, and this seems like a perfect opportunity to have a four-on-four match. You but know, Punk doesn't have any friends. I'm sure he does. You saw R-Truth and little Jimmy come out, right? Yeah. Little Jimmy was clearly with him. That's true. Clearly. I wish little Jimmy was a uh, more visible part of the pun. <laughs> he hasn't been on TV as much. Right. But, uh, you know, um, CM Punk uh, has said a couple times that uh, he and Kofi riding that bus together. So there you go. You got uh, you got one team of four. You got CM Punk and Kofi and our truth. Yeah. Little Jimmy. I guess you could swing it, sure. Yeah. I, I'm gonna keep uh, I'm gonna keep lobbying for Colt Cabana to be the fourth member of that team. That'll never happen, but I'll keep lobbying for it. Maybe uh, maybe Mr. Art of Wrestling will come on and and talk to us about his thoughts on that. How great would that be if Guys Nation Wrestling Podcast could get uh, Colt Cabana on our show? That would be uh, that would get us some listeners for sure. He's the internet hero. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think a day goes by where I don't see a post on Reddit saying Colt Cabana to the WWE with a question mark, you know, and everybody's debating back and forth about how many chances he's had and whether he deserves another one and blah, blah, blah. Everybody just lose their mind. But that's okay because Colt Cabana is the coolest guy in the business. And from one cool guy to another cool guy, I think we should move on and talk about that crazy, uh, crazy cool John Cena video. Yeah, the montage. Got to have a montage, right? Yep. Get a lot of things done in a short period of time. It's a montage. I almost almost felt like we were... uh, Watching Rocky train, you know, I, I was expecting to see John Cena chasing some chickens. Yeah, they really brought out the big guns, uh, and you know, it really threw me for a loop. 
I, you know, I know it's we're fans of wrestling. We're men in our 30s, and we should probably be past it by now, but we're not. And they do some very corny things at times, and usually I can look past it. But this was just way over the top. I mean, the music was all, like, triumphant and, you know, like, like the hero is returning to save the day. John, you, you, you sound... You sound like you didn't enjoy it. You you know you just you sound like you w- you wish they wouldn't have shown it, but yet you were saying it threw you for a loop, and uh, it was too over the top. Mm-hmm. John, I, I think the scene where John Cena threw that medicine ball over his head, I think I think that really stuck in. I, th- I think that really stuck with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you read me like a book. <laughs> uh, no, it's just. I don't know, and I and I almost feel like, do you think there's any chance that they filmed the parts of him like doing deadlifts and throwing medicine balls around? Like, I don't know, in the past. <laughs> I don't know. You know, um, I mean, it, does it necessarily have to have just happened? I guess not. I can't remember whether or not he had uh, bandages on his arm. Right. You know, or what, if, the, uh, what if they're fake weights? I mean, guys train with fake weights all the time. They do uh, photo shoots with fake weights. Yeah, like uh, like the fake uh, the fake tractor trailer buses that uh, Mark Henry is pulling. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. The whole thing just struck me as like so elaborate, you know, that he's been recording himself for a month in his rehab. I, I don't know. I mean, John Cena does seem kind of vain. I mean, hey, John Cena, if you're listening, I know you got a lot of time on your hands, so uh, you might be listening to our podcast. No offense, uh, you know, if I was built like you and had the success like you, I'd probably be vain like you too. But the vanity that is John Cena, you know, I mean, he is the hero of the WWE. I mean, yeah. why not? Why not tape everything he does? Why not, you know, have camera crews follow him all the time like a diva, right? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I guess. I guess maybe what I'm going after here is that it feels like it was planned. Well, yeah. I, just, I hate that. Because that means at no point did they ever expect to have him just show up in the in the more entertaining fashion, you know. I like like I complained about before, just saying one of the greatest parts of being a fan of wrestling is having those big moments when a guy comes back out of nowhere. You know, oh, sure. and, you get, and you get the pop. And and for a guy like Cena that has got a lukewarm response over the last couple of years, I mean wouldn't it have been nice to have him show up out of nowhere and then you could actually, even as someone that's not a huge fan, kind of mark out a little bit? Oh, sure. And, in fact, it's funny that you say that because there was one year where John Cena was out uh, for a few months and uh, he returned at uh, Royal Rumble. And, uh, you know, it counted down and whatever, and then he, boom, he just showed up through the door. And I definitely marked out. I marked out like a Nancy. And, like, I'm not a huge John Cena fan. Right, right. And, yeah, so, yeah, we were deprived of that moment, and uh, I know exactly what that moment feels like because, you know, I've been there before, and and the fact that you're saying that even people who aren't fans of his could pop for him at that moment, yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, can you you imagine a scenario where they're having some sort of five-on-five match at Survivor Series, and maybe there's a... Maybe there's a, a good uh, prize on the line for the winner, or maybe something bad happens if 
they can't take down Triple H's team. And maybe uh, maybe somebody gets hurt backstage. Maybe Daniel Bryan is limping and is not going to be able to compete. And then it looks like it's going to be five on four. And then all of a sudden, you know, after all the faces get uh, introduced and they're standing there looking at the opposition, boom, there's John Cena. You didn't know he was coming, but there he is, and he's going to help yeah. you out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it just it, it's that unexpected you know, possibility. That's that's what we always want to see. Uh, and I think that's why people get so upset when it becomes predictable is because you're like, well, you've, you've got such an opportunity. You you get to write it. You get to write what happens in a sport, you know, so you can make it exciting and unpredictable, and, and sometimes they choose not to. And, yeah, I was really, you know, I was amped up at the possibility of CM Punk showing up out of nowhere when he was mm-hmm. out. And then they just yeah. advertised him to show up at the pay-per-view. And yep. then RVD was rumored to come back, and they just started advertising. Yep. You know, he doesn't show up. And now they're doing the same thing with Cena. And it's just like, are they that hard up that they've got to do this just to get their buy rates? I don't, I don't know. It's it's frustrating. And I think yeah. maybe, I think maybe it's obviously a business decision, and I think part of it is probably rooted in the idea of, like, in the past – they were able to get more buys on the Encore presentation. You know, they would always advertise. You know, they would never show any replays on Raw. They would only show maybe a picture. Right. And then, you know, if you wanted to see it, and this is before the days of Daily Motion and YouTube that would where people would post it, you had to order the, the Encore. And so if the people had heard, oh, Ultimate Warrior returned to save Hulk Hogan, some people might have ordered it on Monday to, to see the Encore. Yeah. Uh, so, but you can't have that now. People either order it the day of, or they're just going to find it online. Right. So, and you know, so I guess John, I have to advertise beforehand. John, maybe you don't like it. Maybe this is a decision that you don't like. But I think you might agree it's what's best for business. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you what's best for business. Uh oh. Mr. Sandow, that's what's best for business. Think so. Well, I mean, he could be if he gets a chance. They did have him in a uh, pretty high-profile spot on SmackDown. Yeah, and I was thought it would be worth a brief mention that they almost positioned him as a face. I don't know if that could ever work. I mean, I don't think it fits the brilliance of his character, you know? Yeah, I think if they turn him face, that uh, you lose out on the ton of, on a ton of potential. Yeah. Especially because John Cena is going to win that belt from Alberto Del Rio. Yeah. I mean, he did have some good chemistry with Del Rio on the mic. I mean, you could certainly see how Sandow could cut a promo against a guy like that. Yeah. But, oh. Yeah, yeah I, just, I feel like that would derail him. Yeah, let, let's not kid ourselves, though. I think Del Rio could uh, could cut a promo against anybody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a wordsmith. Yeah. I'm the champion. I want you to introduce me in Spanish. Right. Espanol. Championship. All right. So, I don't know, the last couple of items here, you want to say something about Cesaro doing a big swing? Yeah, so it seems like every time we see Cesaro in a match that we end up getting the big swing. Yeah. Grabs the Big dude by the legs. swinging D. Yes. Grabs the dude by the legs, just starts spinning around. Mm-hmm. 
and they get progressively larger, right? We've we've seen yeah. Tali. Uh, we saw some other big guys. I'm trying to think of who they were. Who was it? Uh, Tensai or Tensai. Uh, Brutus? Seems yeah, like did Tensai. Tensai. Yeah, because Tensai came to the uh, came to run in to stop him from doing it to Brodus, and then he threw Brodus aside. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I dig it. I, I'm a fan of Cesaro. I I uh, I yelled hey during uh, Peter Gabriel's songs back in Ring of Honor when he was uh, Claudio Castagnoli. You trying to up your hipster cred here with this? Maybe so. But the uh, point is, I enjoy it. But he's a heel. The real Americans are heels. Uh, so why is it? I don't know. I hear a lot of we the peoples. Oh, jeez. See, but they're playing them as heels. Stand yeah. and join me in a loud, clear voice. We the people. So, Do you think that's a good thing that people are chanting along? <laughs> no, but... It's they had to expect it was going to happen. Yeah, maybe so. And as as long as they keep up with uh, having Cesaro swing people around for like two minutes, two and a half minutes, three minutes, four minutes, you're going to have people start to love them. Can't now be having me, that. Now let me put something out there. Can't you see eventually Cesaro has a falling out? And ultimately ends up doing it to Zeb Coulter. I will answer that by saying, oh no. And by oh no, I mean Cassius Ono. <laughs> okay. And by Cassius Ono, I mean the guy formerly known as his tag team partner in the Indies. Aaron Neville, was he previously known as? No. Or am I mixing Chris- those guys up? Chris Hero. Okay. So anyway, what, you think he's going to come up from NXT and... Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Oh, yes. And he's a face at the moment, I believe. They'd have to be faces, because I think think there's so much charisma there that uh, that we're going to have another face tag team. I'm a little disappointed that you poo-pooed my idea. I think this is exactly what they're building it up for. Oh, I didn't poo-poo your idea. I agreed with your idea. I do think... Because everybody gonna... wants Zed Coulter to come up and, and they could do that to him. And it's not going to kill him. He doesn't have to take a huge move. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I think... And it, people will just mark out like crazy and boom, you got a face. Antonio yeah. Cesaro. But I think at that point, Jack Swagger would come out and try to stop him from uh, doing the big swing on uh, Zed Coulter. Well, I'm assuming he's already taken out Swagger in some sort of fashion. Well, yeah, they they have a falling out during a match, or I don't know. And Swagger is down and out, and Zeb Coulter is realizing he has nowhere to go, and he's begging and pleading, and then boom, he takes the big swing. Yeah, well, five minutes into that big swing, I want Jack Swagger to get up and try and take out uh, Cesaro, and that's when I want Cassius Ono to show up. Mm. You're like, nope. I'm gonna let him keep swinging that dick. Yeah. That dick being said. <sighs> Absolutely. Well, we hear some real Americans music in the background there, so I think this wraps up yet another edition of Guys Nation Wrestling. We've got one more week for the pay per view. Hopefully, we'll have a full slate of matches. I think we've only got a couple so far. 
Oh, come on, John. You, you know how much people love it when they just throw pay-per-view matches in at the last moment. Yeah, I envision we'll have uh, Bree and uh, AJ again, or I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe Tamina. Maybe yeah. Tamina Snuka. Maybe we'll see those Matadores take on someone. The real Americans, perhaps. Oh, Lord. Seems like they should build that up real quickly as being, uh, you know, the immigrants versus the real Americans. You would think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, Check us out, GN Wrestling, on Twitter. Sounds good. See see y'all later. Peace.